Welcome back to Out of the Bubble. My name's Rachel Peru and I'm a grey-haired curve model and I'm going to be your host for the Outer Bubble podcast. I started a new career four years ago, age 46, and found on social media so many amazing, inspiring women who were really embracing life and leaving a trail of inspiration along the way, helping to break down those stereotypical middle-aged barriers. So I thought the podcast would be a great way to share some of these stories with you. So season three, I'm really excited to be back. I've been chatting with a diverse set of women of all ages, whose stories I know will help women become more confident in body and mind. This week's guest is a woman that is really helping so many women talk more openly about sex, busting myths and creating a safe online space to not only buy sex toys, but gain lots of information along the way. I am delighted to welcome Sam Evans, who, along with her husband, Paul, founded the quality sex toy shop, Joe Divine, in 2007. Joe can also be found on television, radio, and in magazines, talking all about different areas of sex, and her attitude is both refreshing and, I think, empowering. So welcome, Sam. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for inviting me. How do you describe your brand to people? I think Joe Divine, we are a completely inclusive brand. Um, we really care about, we're passionate about your sexual health, intimacy and pleasure because we only sell skin safe sex toys and sexual lubricants. And also we are a huge resource of practical sexual health and pleasure advice um, as well. So that's how I would view us, you know. So along with selling sex toys, we also offer lots of advice yeah. too. It's a, it's, a, it's a full package, isn't it? I was really impressed with the website because you've got some really interesting articles on there as well, which I'm going to talk to you about later. Your former career was in nursing, wasn't it? It was, yeah. So how did you <laughs> jump from nursing to getting the idea for Joe Divine? Where did that come from? Um, it's my husband's idea. And uh, strangely enough, we're still doing it um, 11 years later. Um, he was a computer programmer. I was a former nurse. I was actually taking time out to look after the children. And he was saying, why aren't there Anne Summers parties for couples? Um, you know, so we started to, he started to explore this. And we'd had a couple of very, very poor sex toys. I think one of them was made with jelly. It had given me thrush. Um, yeah. So we sort of abandoned that idea. Um, and we started exploring it. And at the time, there were quite a few couple of brands coming to market, like Lalo. And then we had Fun Factory, who were creating beautiful designer sex toys that were very, very sort of, sort of the luxurious end of the market, made from skin safe materials so we literally started off with you know literally one brand and that's how it grew we also sourced um you know um the organic sexual lubricants too because we wanted to stick with that brief that it would have to be skin safe mm. well so i think it's fantastic and 12 years later you've just grown haven't you really uh, we we have grown it's it's not been an easy journey at times um and also moving into sort of the sexual health side of it you sometimes get pigeonholed into just being a sexual health brand and quite frankly sexual health and pleasure go hand in hand and you can't separate the two yeah. so that's actually often been a bit of a struggle to say well actually no we are a sex toy company we just have connected it to sexual health which is really really important the whole package yeah what kind of reaction did you get from friends and family? Because unfortunately, there is still this stigma attached to people talking openly about sex toys, I think. Um, the, the stigma is really changing. And I think there's quite an old fashioned view that it's still a seedy thing. And it's not because in the last 10 years since we set up, 
the market has grown and we've got some fantastic brands out there. I, you know, to begin with, I was really careful. Certainly the children were small, they were at primary school um, and we were really careful about what we were saying and doing. We had one or two funny, you know, comments from people, but actually on the whole, quite a lot of people were really interested and they would often open up and tell you about their issues that they were having. Um, and from a family point of view, I mean, my husband didn't tell his family for about a year. Mm. Um, they've been okay um you know it's just it's just like any other job you know it's just, we're just selling product that goes out of the door and you know um, and it's bringing pleasure to people but also we're helping people with a part of their lives which, as you say can be seem a bit taboo at times um and now i don't really care because quite frankly i just talk in a professional manner and i just say well you know if, if you want my help I'm, I'm here to help you if you if you feel embarrassed then obviously you know i'm, I'm here to help you but if you don't want my help then that's fine <laughs> so have you always been this confident though or is this something that's come later in life because you to, to to tackle the subjects that you tackle so openly is just it is empowering women and men but have you it takes confidence have you always been that way no not at all um and also i experienced quite a lot of sexual health issues in my early 20s and 30s which i've talked about extensively at our own relationship um and actually it is a confidence that does come so i think probably when i hit my 40s and I just got to the point when it was like, I don't really care what you think, quite frankly, because I'm what I'm doing is really good. I'm helping people, which is what I've always wanted to do. That's why I trained as a nurse. Um, and I think it is a confidence thing as you get older. And I definitely with a lot of the people that I work with, the older women, you know, I notice that level of confidence in them, which is so lovely to see. And I see so many women who don't have that. And it's nice to talk to people and they go, actually, you gave me the confidence to talk about this. So, you know, now I've got to the point where, you know, people have to tell me to shut up because I'm, I'm just going on and on and on. Why do you think, just really, are, why do you think we are still so reluctant to talk about it? Because I know from my, like my parents' generation, I'm, I'm 50 this year, so my parents are in the 70s. And it was just not talked about when we were younger at all. It just was kind of completely, I, I found out about sex education through my friends and a little bit of school, but just through life experiences. Why is it... Um, so difficult to get people to talk openly I think I mean for me personally I didn't have any sex education either you know and my mum I you know got a sister and grew up in a sort of you know my dad and my mum would whisper by the, the airing cupboard you know when they were getting sanitary pads and you know mm. I don't recall having much I and mean, even my nurse training don't recall there being hardly any talk about sex you know sort of occasionally related into maybe the midwifery section that we did and I think it was maybe you just didn't talk about it I don't know which is why I made a massive step with my own children to make sure that they were informed and as it was my daughter ended up being a youth sex educator you know she's absolutely brilliant she's 20 and she was trying to educate the girls at her local grammar school because the sex education there is still very not fit, fit for purpose so but it, it is but it's weird because our older customers actually often tell us a lot of things about their sex lives good and bad um, and it's actually my own age group I'm 52 that I find that they're quite reluctant to open up. It's the sort of 40s to sort of mid 50s. I find that 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 group maybe we've got sexes on the back burner because mm. we've got families, we're stuck between older parents, and we've got young children, we've got careers. So it may be I do find this whole age group sometimes mm. quite difficult to actually get them to open up the conversation, which is a real shame because actually. From, from my point of view, I think that's probably the age when we should be talking about it the most because we are kind of coming across so many different issues in our 40s and 50s. We've got, you know, people might have young children, so it's difficult to keep relationships going. Mm -hmm. You've got menopause and all the, the different 
physical changes that happen with that towards your sex life. So it's a time when really we should be talking more openly to get help and advice, isn't it? Definitely. And I feel like there should be advice when you're younger. So to be, you know, it should be when we're looking now, we've got menopause on the, the, um, the school curriculum, which is absolutely brilliant because obviously it used to stop at sort of periods. Well, it, you know, your reproductive life doesn't stop at periods. Um, and that's really important. And obviously a lot of children have, you know, parents, the mums who are menopausal. <laughs> so, you know, it's nice for them to actually recognise that. But it is, I felt, feel, I feel really angry that I wasn't prepared for what happened to me um, in my 20s and 30s with my sexual health issues. And also, I wasn't prepared for perimenopausal symptoms, which I would now look back and say I had for the last 10 years. Yeah, um, you know, and also for me, the whole, for me personally, having had vagina health and bladder health issues for quite a lot of years until I discovered the reason why, and actually now what I do to maintain the health of my bladder and my vagina, um, so I actually can still enjoy sexual pleasure but also enjoy good health as well so I'm not having constant infections so but I think a lot of women it creeps up on them this whole vaginal dryness and the, the vaginal tightness and they're ending up with um, frequent urinary tract infections or cystitis or they're getting thrush mm. you know and actually people have no understanding of it um, and this is the age group where we need to be preparing women and not you know because they don't seek help because it's the one part of their health that actually you know they're too embarrassed to seek help for they think they have to live with the problems yeah yeah and there's so much out there which i'm going to ask you about in a bit you also sell joe divine sells um skin safe vibrators so what does that yeah. actually mean so basically skin safe sex toys means that we don't sell anything that's made from jelly latex or rubber um, and basically jelly and rubber toys um, are highly porous so you can't actually clean them properly they actually absorb bacteria and mm. often they contain uh, materials that actually are irritating to the tissues of the vagina they leak the, um, the body they leach out chemicals and obviously there's an issue there with latex toys as well so skin safe toys we only sell products that are made from skin safe silicon um, glass metal and abs plastic the glass toys are actually made from the same glass that pyrex dishes are made from borosilic oh, wow. glass and then the metal toys are made from medical grade stainless steel stainless steel steel that you would have medical um, surgical instruments made from too right are you managing to stay open at the moment because i would imagine as a woman who might be feeling kind of frustrated and pent up being home all the time um, especially if women have got kids that having a sex toy in the house right now would be the perfect <laughs> so are you managing to it would, online we are and think things are ticking over um i think some of the pr that we've had about all these sex toy sales is the fact that a lot of people have got a huge amount of sales on them all sorts but we are saying because we have quite a loyal customer base and obviously our articles on the website draw um drives traffic to the website as well um, so, you know, we are at the moment and we've got a fantastic packing company with them. Only a few staff who are being really, really safe. And mm. so I'm hoping we'll still be able to carry on doing really self-isolating on their own. You know, achieving being able to have regular orgasms is really important so they can relax and help them sleep and make them feel a little bit better and boost their immunity too, because we need to have that at the moment. Yeah, definitely. So what advice for somebody that's never used any sex toy before and they'd like to try it what where would you start what would you recommend I'd say start small <laughs> that's always my rule of thumb because I think there's so many people out there they're going by the biggest thing that's in the shop or on the website and people are quite shocked 
So I always recommend that people start off with a little bullet vibrator. Um, and it's something, you know, simple, inexpensive. I always say to people, buy something that um, doesn't come, to, is not powered by button back, has um, a range of speeds. I always have three speeds and seven different pulsation patterns. Um, and they are really simple to use. So basically you use them on your clitoris. You can use them on a, um, obviously on a female partner, but on a male partner, um, on your nipples. It's something you can actually use during sexual intercourse with a partner, but obviously on your own. And it's a non-threatening sex toy to actually start with and then slowly you know add more sex toys into your um you know into your repertoire um, but it's just such a simple way of actually starting to enjoy sex toys hmm, right i'm taking all that in what's the, what's the <laughs> average age of your customers because i've read somewhere that one of your oldest customers is 95 which i just think is just brilliant yeah, and that was several years ago. So they were a couple who were enjoying a second honeymoon. I don't really know what the average age. I would say we do actually advise a lot of women who are sort of around the menopausal age. Um, but it goes, our age, you know, the age range is 18 to to 95 that we know about. We do get a lot of older customers because of the nature of advertising in you know, certain women's magazines. So those magazines get passed around between people. You know, this is a demographic that quite a lot of people aren't online so we're serving you know I feel like we're, we're doing a public service there by helping those people who aren't online that they can see our advert read it in a magazine it's actually helping those people who aren't online or maybe aren't comfortable shopping online as well but um the age range people love to tell us how old they are I love it when they say well you know I'm probably a bit too old for this I'm going oh no well our oldest customer is 95 and they're only in their 80s so you know I just think it's absolutely brilliant I love talking to our older customers I love talking to all our customers but the older customers are great they're, they're kind of leading the way for us all aren't they you know to hear that people are still having you know great sex lives in their 80s and, and 70s and 80s and 90s makes everybody else feel um that you know the future's not kind of dried up and <laughs> it's uh, it's keeping going so it's really good to hear these not at all. and also you know i think when we talk about yeah when we talk about older people having sex and not all having sexual intercourse a lot of them are on their own so the women who are experiencing sexual bereavement so they've actually mm -hmm. lost a partner or their partner actually has a health issue which means that they're no longer sexually active together yeah. but they can still buy his and you know his and her sex toys or they can enjoy a product on their own so you know it's never going to replace a partner but we have lovely conversations and often they'll say oh, i'm sure my gym will be really happy that i'm buying this sex toy because you know we had a good sex life and i just think that's a really nice yeah. thing or they say you know i'm enjoying my toy it's helping me sleep it's helping my mental health you know i don't feel quite so sad anymore um so you know again that's really really important but yeah couples still managing to to enjoy sexual intimacy and pleasure you know as they get older is makes me feel really positive <laughs> for when i hit that age hopefully yeah me too i mean i know you do a lot of talk about sexual health and awareness as well in in, in all sorts of different media outlets and in my head i still think of sexual health and awareness as being aimed at younger people but actually mm. There's a real rise in 50s kind of getting divorced or being widowed and, and we seem to get we forget about the safe sex when we get older oh yeah i mean this is a conversation we often have with people when they actually tell us the reason why they're buying a toy and it's if it's for you know they're in a new relationship and we say oh well, you will hopefully you're using condoms and the majority of people will laugh and then we explain well you know they go, i can't get pregnant yes but you can catch an sti so you know, this is a big problem. And in fact, the advertising by condom companies are missing a trick because they're not aiming it at older people. We need to have a campaign 
with older people being featured to show older people have sex and this is really important you know so and also they don't know about sti testing they don't know about sexual health clinics the fact is they can do tests you know sort of through the post Um, and actually it's also part of healthcare professionals not asking their patients about their sexual activity Um, and i think this is something that has to really really improve and often they might not think about that symptom that somebody's turned up with maybe a, you know, a re- urinary symptom. They might not think that it could be a, a sexually transmitted infection. So it's really important. You know, I'm often having this conversation with people saying, well, it's so important to use condoms. And they, you know, some people get it, but I think there has to be a national campaign to actually say, you know, it's not older, not just young people having sex, older people are having sex too, and they're not all practicing safe sex. I feel like you might be the right woman for the job there, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going through the menopause, um, and so I'm completely aware of how the changes are affecting me, vaginal dryness, which has caused you know reoccurring thrush and soreness. Yeah. It's just horrible. What advice and what sex tools can you give to women experiencing these symptoms? Okay, well, the first thing I would say to women is actually invest in a very good pH balanced sexual lubricant. That was the thing that actually changed my vagina health because in my 20s and 30s, I had lots of infections. Every time we had sex, we were using sexual lubricants, well-known brands that yeah. still exist today. And I, and then that led to vaginismus, which meant I would end up with painful sex because your, your vagina muscles tighten mm-hmm. because every time I had sex, I'd have an infection. Um, and actually it was discovering, discovering, you know, yes, organic lubricants were selling them on the website. And within a week of using them, I suddenly realized I wasn't having any infections. So as I've sort of gone through menopause now, you know, I, it's really important that women don't just grab any old lubricant and don't just grab products that actually aren't designed for as a lubricant. So no Vaseline or baby oil or olive oil or even coconut oil, you know, it, these things actually disrupt your vagina pH. So the rule of thumb is really for me i always recommend don't you know look at the ingredients so for me glycerin can cause thrush it's a sugar and it's actually in the vast majority of lubricants there's glycols which are well-known vaginal irritants and then parabens which are weakly estrogenic and we should be avoiding putting those in our bodies at all but then you've got products that warm you up and cool you down you've got ones that are colored some that have got glitter in them which is <laughs> obviously yeah. we all want a glittery vulva and vagina don't we <laughs> and you know this is really really important so these women they go well i'm using this vaginal moisturizer or this lubricant and i'm getting thrush and i'm going well actually if you check the ingredients label and then you'll discover it's got one of those ingredients or more um so actually having really good vagina health is important so personally i use yes organic oil-based lubricant for sex and with my toys so an oil-based lubricant you can't use with condoms if you are using condoms so you need to use a water-based or a silicon-based lubricant i also use yes vaginal moisturizer twice a week and I use a local estrogen as well. Um, I use that three times a week as well. And this is to maintain my vagina and bladder health. Mm. Um, so those are things that I say to menopausal women. And also then vaginal tightness, get a slim vibrator to help stretch the, um, you know, the tissues of the vagina to help penetration feel a bit more comfortable. And also discover different positions. And I mean, sex is much more than penis and vagina sex and penetration. So there are so many things you can actually do with a partner. But if sex is feeling painful, you need to speak to your GP. So there are things you can actually do, you know, using a good lubricant, using local estrogen, getting a simple slim sex toy 
And those are the three things that actually can really help. And obviously talking to a partner and telling them, well, actually it's feeling painful or uncomfortable or I'm getting thrush uh, or I've got another um, urinary infection. Um, and that's why it's really important to speak to your doctor. And you've recently taken part in the um, Channel 4 television documentary on how to have better orgasms, which I've just rewatched again, actually. I watched it back in February. And I really loved the mixture of the seven women in the different age groups. How did that come about? And what was it like filming and talking so openly, all of you together? Um, it came about through Twitter, actually. <laughs> I just happened to see a tweet um, from the um, female orgasm team and I just contacted them. Um, and then we had various sort of Skype conversations and I didn't think they were going to use me because they were wanting women to actually have an orgasm on television. And I said, well, that wasn't really anything I was going to do, but I was more than happy to talk about my experience. And then they came back and said, yes, we'd love to talk to you. I had no idea of the range, the age range. And they, they vaguely told me I was probably the second, I was the second oldest woman. Mm. And, um, but I never met any of the women. Though subsequently I've actually managed to meet Natalie since at a book launch. And it was great. But we were filmed all separately, all female, fantastic female crew who were just uh, brilliant. I was wondering about that, whether it would be all female. That's, that makes the, that makes a difference. I, they were just a brilliant crew. So I've never filmed with them before, so I can't tell you. But I think that they, they went way beyond I think probably you know what other people do I have no idea but they were just brilliant there were only sort of a five or six of them you know, in a house on a very hot day in August but they made me feel really comfortable and the questions that were asked I'd already been asked these questions before so I knew an idea of what they were going to ask me but it it was weird it was actually very very intimate and um obviously I got very emotional talking about my experience of vaginismus mm. um but I and I think you know I just thought the way in which they did it was absolutely brilliant um, to actually have women of different ages, of, you know, different backgrounds and different experiences. I mean, I love BT. She was just yeah, brilliant. <laughs> it really was. I was thrilled to see her because I'm a huge fan of her. And I think that just the fact that you all talk so openly and, and looked relaxed talking about it. And it was just so relatable. I just thought it was a brilliant idea. Well, that's what I loved about it because I was a bit wary to begin with because obviously things have been done in the past and you sort of think, oh, well, I've been approached about doing things in different film and TV programmes and I'm sort of always said no. And I just think they did it in such a fantastic way. I was, I'm really proud to have been part of it and I just hope that it helps more people enjoy an orgasm for the first time or just enjoy better orgasms or feel more comfortable about their own bodies because we talked about a wide range of health issues that we'd all experienced but what we'd found had worked for us so I think it was beautifully done and I'm really really proud of you know everything that they did. Have you surprised yourself along this journey starting this business and the work that you've been doing? I think I've surprised myself in um, sort of a lot of my health work. That's been an uphill struggle. And actually now I have the confidence to just literally, you know, tell people to say it as it is. I think I've always wanted to help people, but I didn't think I actually would actually talk about my own personal experiences as much as I have. To tell you the truth, I didn't realise how much vaginismus had impacted upon my sex life until really we'd set up Joe Divine. Mm. And it, it was, it's, it's a funny thing at the time. It was something that I just put up with. And the more and more healthcare professionals I started working with, I realised actually this was a big issue. And I realised now for some of the problems that I actually had were related to that. And our, you know, our relationship, we always carried on and tried our best as well. So, um, you know, but I'm really proud of, you know, of, of everything that we've achieved with Joe Divine, but I love my, my health work. I am really proud of that. I often 
probably underestimate what we've actually managed to achieve in that area. You know, recently I did a talk at a young cancer uh, charity event, and you know, it's so sad to 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 see these young women who were going through the menopause, you know, in their twenties and thirties. But actually, hopefully, you know, some of them came up after and said it was so helpful. So, you know, in that respect, that's that's what I'm about. <laughs> that's what Joe Divine is about in that part of the work that we do. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm really proud of that. Where do you see, where, I mean, how ambitious are you for the future with the business and for your speaking events and, and the health work? Where do you see yourself in 10 years' time? Hopefully <laughs> selling a lot more sex toys yeah. um, and people knowing about the brand because that's the problem with it. People often say, oh, I've never heard of you, but I love what you've done and we love the website. And, um, you know, that's important. And actually, I would really like to have this open conversation about sex from a, from a professional nursing point of view. I would really love healthcare professionals to be more comfortable to be able to talk to their patients about their sexual health issues and actually, you know, sort of be able to recommend good lubricants, to, to recommend sex toys, not be this part of their health that is often overlooked during the course of treatment when often that treatment is impacting upon their sexual health, intimacy and pleasure um, and just leaving them to their own devices because we hear so many sad stories where people say, well, no one's actually spoke to me about my sex life after breast cancer. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and when I know simple things can really, really help, you know, and often people be on the end of the phone and they're upset and they say at the end of it, you've given me hope. And I'm going, well, you know, you will hopefully overcome and you may end up having a better sex life. So for me, it's actually, for, I'd love all healthcare professionals to have training, you know, part of their medical training and nurse training to be able to talk about, um, you know, sexual health and sexual intimacy and pleasure, because it's the one aspect of our daily living that we actually overlook. And it's really important for an awful lot of people. But Jodie Vine, I'd love to just grow as a brand because we're a really good resource. I'm really proud of our articles on our website um, and just for people to become more familiar with us. And obviously, you know, so we can actually sell more sex toys and help more people and bring lots of pleasure to the world. Have you recently visited the Vagina Museum? Have you been? To I haven't had no. I haven't had a chance actually. So, um, I was going to go um this spring actually, and obviously everything's been shut down. So, yeah. but I did meet Florence, who set it up several years ago, and she told me about this museum that she was that she was planning to set up. I'm going. This is absolutely brilliant, you know. So, yeah, it's um, you know, the, the work that they've been doing there is absolutely brilliant. And I think it's it's so good, and everything, the way in which they're doing the comedy, they're doing their talks, they're doing their events. Hopefully, when they open again, you know, this is it. it it's it's so much fun, but it's really Really, really important and I know people have gone there healthcare professionals and said god there were things I learned that I just didn't even yeah, know about so I was really impressed yeah and I, I kind of went away thinking I wish I'd had something like that when we were at school I think if, it, if that would you know pop up touring around the country in different schools it would be amazing I think that would be so good to actually have that and actually you know because it'd be a way of actually educating um young people as well so um but yeah, you know, it, it's, it's just brilliant so yes when everything has all calmed down <laughs> then hopefully I'll get to pay them a visit it seems to me that you've got the advantage with, with your brand is the fact that you do have this health and nursing background. So you seem to have a lot of insight and are, and are approaching it in such a kind of just an, a really honest way. And I think it's brilliant. I really I'm impressed by, as I said, you know, the, the variety of articles that you've that you've got on your website from different women sharing it. How easy have you found women coming forward wanting to write articles for you have you had kind of a backlog of people or is it hard work um it's hard work at times i mean you know some of the articles we had have been absolutely amazing in fact we had a I spoke to somebody today she's been writing for us and um we were saying people have always offered to write and then when you actually go to them they say oh no i don't think i can mm. um 
but it's actually been through Twitter that I've gained all the people's personal experiences. I mean, Alvin Box, who wrote about his, um, his you know, his experience of prostate health was through reading a, a, an article in a newspaper online a couple of years ago. And I said, oh, you know, contacted him and just said, do you think you would like to write an article? We've been working together and I finally got to meet him and hear him speak. And he, he and I both spoke at a recent cancer and sex um, study day at Guy's Hospital, which is just brilliant because he is a fantastic space patient speaker and mm. the impact it had upon his relationship with his wife um, and then you know you know young L Lydia who was only 24 when she had womb cancer um, she worked for the Eve Appeal and that was just amazing just to get those different perspectives for people living with cancer or being treated for cancer or now living post-cancer um, but you know well hopefully I, I really would like to get more and more people giving their own personal experience because I think people relate to that more you can have people writing an article about sex and the menopause and I often see young women writing about it and going well why let me ask the woman who's actually going through the menopause yeah. on her sex life um you know because there's things i don't tackle because i don't know anything about it which is why i'll ask a different writer to do it so i think the patient experience or the personal experience really rings home to people that this is somebody who's living with this because whenever i do talks and go to conferences or hear people speak it's always the patient expert that i remember because i remember their story because it, you know often it make me feel tearful um it's very very um, emotional it, it you know it moves me because they're living this life but getting writers it can be quite difficult and if we pay our writers as well you know so uh, uh, you know people often think they have to do it for free but that's an important feature for people to realize that we do pay our writers because freelance writers you know they do actually struggle so and even though we're a small brand that's really important for us that's really impressive because i know lots of brands that don't so well well done for that last three questions and um, i could talk to you for so long about so many different subjects <laughs> favorite music that motivates you i was talking to my family about this and i have to say it's pink the singer i love her music mm. and i love the song so what because it was like it always resonates with me because doing the work that we do and having done it for the last 10 years when people have been a bit funny about it i've just felt like said so what mm. you know it's like you know it, it just is it, it in it it brightens up my day it's on my headphones if I go for a walk and it's just like you know I really don't care because what I'm doing is really good and I think I'm helping people so that she has always been somebody sort of you know that I really liked her music so that's that's um what inspires me I should add that one and what about a book that's inspired you do you get time to read much I, I do I love reading but I have to say about three or four years ago um I took a book on holiday and um it's called Cut by Hebo Walday and it's actually about um, a woman's personal experience of um, going through FGM when she was six um, as a little girl and she then moved to the UK and she didn't realise that the FGM, um, we had FGM here as well and she is a huge campaigner, it's amazing this book and I sat there in a car and my husband's going why are you crying? I'm going because this oh. book is just so amazing mm. and then I eventually got to meet her um, last year and she did a talk and she's oh. just a fantastic person, so she's the person that inspires me too. Right. Um, that was my next question, who inspires yeah, you? Sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was absolutely blown away by her. She's a beautiful, wonderful, inspirational, inspirational woman taking this so traumatic experience that she's she's been through and, you know, um, and trying to help other people and campaigning to stop this terrible, terrible um, procedure that happens to so many young women and girls, you know, across the world. But even here in the UK. So, you know, 
she always makes me feel happy whenever I see her face on Twitter. She's such a beautiful woman, but in person, she's a beautiful woman too. So definitely her book is well worth reading and she's well worth following because she's just making changes and trying to change and save the lives of so many young women. Because, you know, ultimately my job is helping people with their sex lives and this is impacting them on people's um, and sexual pleasure and intimacy. Yeah. So, you know, that's why I really love it a bit. <laughs> Well, I'm going to look her up. Thank you for sharing that. So thank you so much, Sam, for joining me today and for all the positive work that you do to help build people's body confidence and just in leading the way in sexual advice and awareness as well. I think it's brilliant what you're doing. And I look forward to seeing where, where you go next and what else you, you can achieve with it. I think it's uh, going to be a really interesting time moving forward now in this area because I think people are being more open about it slowly. And with women like you around, then... Uh, it can only get better so thank you so much well thank you so much for inviting me to speak as well please visit joedivine.com where you can shop a, just a real variety of, of different sex toys and it's all discreetly packaged so there's no worries about anything um, so i would definitely recommend you go look at the website and there's loads of helpful and interesting articles as well and you can also keep up to date with everything sam's getting up to over on instagram and twitter at sam talk sex and on Facebook at joe.divine. So um, thank you so much. And I hope you manage to keep well and keep staying busy at work online and sending love to everybody out there. Thank you so much, Sam. Thank you for listening to this week's Out of the Bubble. And I hope it's left you feeling inspired. I'd love to hear from you. Who inspires you and why? Please get in touch. You can contact me via my website, rachelperumodel.com, or leave a message on the Anchor app. And if you're listening via iTunes, don't forget you can leave feedback. In the meantime, keep being fabulous. <laughs>